0: Welcome in, listeners, to an incredibly exciting episode of Whisper in the Wings. I I am all a gag, if you cannot tell. Um, Joining us today, we have both the playwright and director of an incredible show that I had the amazing fortune to see a little while ago. We have Stephanie Sworski, who's the playwright of Don't Do This to Us, and Tasha Gordon-Solomon, who's the director. The show, which is currently playing At the Tank, uh, is absolutely amazing. Uh, When you hear the plot, it sounds completely just insane, but it's so well written, so well performed. It's incredible. Uh, I left the theater just blown away, and I'm so honored to have these two incredible women with us. So ladies, welcome today to Whisper in the Wings. Thank you.
1: Thanks for having us. We're excited to be here. Yes, I I cannot
0: say enough good things about this show. Um, It really was just such an incredible evening the story really i I went for a whirlwind uh what an absurd story and then to to add on to that these characters that i was like oh my god i have met these people in my life this is not far-fetched at all i bet i'm gonna get on the train tonight and see these same people you know um stephanie why don't i start with you and, and have you tell us a bit about the show
2: sure um yeah it's a very um Fun premise about this woman, um, this 40-year-old woman that she is very angry and anxious about what she, about the, you know, rising anti-Semitism and she blames Jared Kushner for it because uh, he, you know, has such a, he's in the public eye and has this, uh, or he, you know, had a high powered position. And so she decides that she is going to go back in time And uh, meet meet him at a NCSY convention, so this Jewish teen uh, gathering, and hook up with him and break his penis, so that hopefully, uh, you know, twenty years, you know, later, um, Ivanka will not want broken Jared, and he will never have that position of power and publicity. Um, Yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and like I said, it, uh, on the face of it, it sounds like such an absurd story. But it's, I, I, I mean, we're not going to give more away, but there, there's a lot more to it. There's a lot of other interesting issues discussed within this as well. I mean, yeah. there were things within the Jewish culture that I learned about the different, dare I say, uh, types of Jews that exist within the, the community that I went, oh, you know, we, we talk about anti-Semitism as a whole, but what about maybe some hate within the community itself that I feel like yeah. gets addressed as well. Um, so I really appreciated the different levels as well that gets written into this show.
1: Yeah, and I'll say, like, I think one, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Stephanie's writing, but I think one of the really special things about the show is how incredibly specific it is. So you are really sort of brought into this world of these modern Orthodox Jewish teens in New Jersey. And at the same time, there's a universality to this basically this group of teenage girls that the sort of, uh, you know, 40 year old protagonist travels back in time and spends most of the weekend with. So like you mentioned, there's something very familiar like going back to high school in the 90s and the sort of uh, politics and dynamics among the people in this group. And it's it's over the course of this weekend or 25 hours, right, a Sabbath. And every character in the play in a different way is sort of confronting the world outside of their bubble for the first time and really sort of dealing with these big questions. Um, So yeah, the play sort of, there's this very specific and funny premise, which does get followed through the play, but you also like really get to sort of be immersed in this world, uh, which is really specific and interesting, but also I think like you were saying, we can sort of all, there's like a mean girl and there's all these sort of very specific high school types so it's pretty fun to like delve deep into their dark neuroses in the play.
0: Yes, yes. Now, Stephanie, where, or how did you come up with the idea of this show?
2: Um, it really came out of when, in like 2016, when, you know, Trump was elected and, you know, Jared was right there that I was having... A neurotic conversation with my friend who isn't Jewish. And I was like, I, oh my God, this is so weird. Like, I feel like I know this guy, cause I grew up in New Jersey, like not so far away from Jared. And like, I had heard of Jared like years ago, because like, I remember when he, I married Ivanka, people were like, oh my God, like, uh, you know, this, you know, Jared, this Jewish guy, this Orthodox guy is marrying, you know, Trump's daughter. And so I did feel like I had, like I knew him in some way, like reminds me of so many guys I grew up with. And I was like, this is so weird, but also so bad because he's going to be doing bad things. And I felt like, yeah, he's anti-Semitism is going to go up. I mean, you know, also because of Trump's, but like, you know, Jared was not going to help. And, you know, just kind of, like a confirmation bias for what the worst jewish stereotypes and um so i said to her like i i just wish i could like go back in time and you know hook up with him and break his keynotes. and she was like what and i was like <laughs> should i just write that play instead and she's like yeah write that play instead
0: <laughs> awkward just like yeah good go, go do that go on that right route. yeah <laughs> and then tasha what was it like developing the show
1: yeah so i'll say i think it's been like four to five years like we did the sort of very first read-through of it out loud in my apartment years ago with four out of six actors you see in the cast have been with it since that very first reading so yeah it's been really exciting like as stephanie wrote different drafts and as it evolved and also we were supposed to it was supposed to be done in 2020 and then because of covid got postponed Um, And we had sort of this question of like, will it still be relevant in two years? Like, we kind of hope not because we hope Trump is a distant memory and all the sort of horrible things happening in our world are gone, Um, but sadly it is still very relevant. And I do think actually like over the last couple of years, the change, like the show has continued to sort of grow and become about something sort of bigger and deeper. So that's been really exciting. Um, And then also the other thing is like, it's a highly theatrical play. So there, like we have time travel. It's a very dark, funny comedy that also sort of totally gets very wild and crazy. There is dancing, there is singing, there is stage combat. Uh, So just, it's been exciting to develop it like from the page to the stage um, and seeing all these sort of big ideas and wild imagery on the page and figuring out with a team of designers and actors and like everyone collaborating of how we we put those things on their feet in a small downtown space, which I actually, I love doing, you know, small downtown theater because it really encourages you to be creative. Um, and this play does have sort of these wild magical elements that I think we found some really exciting creative ways to, to show on stage.
0: And I, I could not agree more with that. Um, now a question for both of you, and I'll start with you, Stephanie. What is the message you're hoping audiences will take away Uh, from the show
2: um honestly I feel like that yeah that I feel like that's always hard I mean I try to not really as a writer I I try to not really control I want people to come away having conversations that of the you know basically bringing up the questions you know whatever questions it's bringing up for them to be grappling with them I mean I think like the play also probably exists very differently for people who are Jewish and not Jewish. And so it is speaking specifically to a Jewish audience in a certain way, you know, and like thinking about, I would say like, you know, this this terror that I think like a lot of the Jews, especially Jews who are descended from, you know, of survivors of the Holocaust, like, you know, what, could this happen again? And what do we, you know, and how do we engage with the world outside That's Like, what is the best way to protect ourselves is by engaging with the world or kind of like funneling all our resources to protect something like our community and Israel? Like how, so I think like that is the question. And just like, you know, also looking at the ways in which, you know, Jews basically, um, you know, when how people who are more secular are engaging with their identity, Um, I think there's like, you know, a lot of, if you're not really growing, you know, people actually grew up religious too. There's like a tendency sometimes, I think, to like reject your Jewish identity, but how do you engage with it without rejecting it? Um, I'm interested in that as well. Um, But those are like, there's no message. I just want people to be like, just thinking about these things and talking about it in whatever way. I mean, I know it's not an easy play. I know it's like really disturbing and strange in some ways. And I'm, I'm okay with whatever anyone takes away from it, except that like, maybe I should kill all the Jews. That would be the bad message that I don't want people to walk away with.
1: Um, yeah, and I'll just say, yeah, I know, I know somebody who saw the show was disappointed. Stephanie did not solve anti-Semitism, um, And I will say like, this, the show does not solve it. Um, but you know, I think it asks really important questions. Like what is our responsibility to people in our community? and what is our responsibility to the greater world at large? And I think, you know, like one of these questions is, and it's not just Jared Kushner, but his family were these Holocaust survivors, right? That really like built, were able to come here as refugees, built this life, sort of realize the American dream for better or worse, whatever that means, right? And so I think this question, which gets touched on in the play, not in like an on the nose way, but of like, you were the benefit of being a refugee who immigrated here. And now you were part of an administration who is, actively shutting out immigrants and so i think there is again no answers but this question in the play of like how how does that happen and what is our responsibility and this this is like sadly i think not just huge like very american thing right of like benefiting <laughs> from all these wonderful uh you know, gives the country can give certain people like immigration and, and resources to refugees, but then also like once you once you have things of being like, no, nobody else should get this. Um, so I think like those kind of questions are like, what you know, what is our responsibility and in any community, whether it's a Jewish community, a different religion of these sort of insular communities saying like, okay, do we just protect ourselves now? Or like, what is our responsibility to the the greater world at large?
0: Yeah, and I and I love I love all of that especially Stephanie I love that you mentioned uh leaving asking questions and discussing because I did I I left and and when I spoke to my wife that night I told her I was like there was like eight different things that I could go in, in eight different directions from this show and it's not just about Jared Kushner Along um, with uh, what you guys had mentioned that this has been going on, you guys have been working on this for four to five years. Uh, I wanted to ask um, how long you, you've been working on the project and if it's been done anywhere else. Um, so um, was the first time that uh, you you started writing this back in 2017, Stephanie, and, 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 and you did the reading with the six actors then?
2: Yeah. We, yeah. So, you know, the cast, the characters have always been the same. Um, cast has been same of the four actors have been with us the entire development process, which is really amazing. And I'm really grateful because they're amazing and like really have helped me, you know, create this play in a very focused way that like you do not always have the luxury of doing and they've always taken it very seriously um, and just like put their all into it. So it really has always helped me like understand the play and never have to dumb it down for anyone. So, I mean, sometimes maybe like you know yes because you don't always have that um and so yeah we've had a few readings um you know we have one at the tank we have one at project y and we've had like many in our living rooms
1: oh, Yeah, this is the world premiere so this is the first production um you know we had a workshop about a month before we went to rehearsals to sort of look at some staging ideas and design ideas and some script tweaking and things like that. But yeah, this is the very the very first production hopefully of many. Um, so yes, if you come see to the tank you are seeing the the world premiere of don't Do this does.
0: <laughs> yes yes and and, and and we encourage everyone to go sit, go to the tank and see this. Um, why, wrapping up this portion of the interview, uh, Tasha, I want to start with you and asking who do you hope have access to the show?
1: That's a great question. I mean, I, look, I I will say like, I think this, I, I hope this play gets done all over the country in many different places. I do think New York is a great home because it is, it is edgy, it is very, very funny, but there is a dark sense of humor in this play, like I, I challenge you to find something else that deals with generational inherited trauma in such a like laugh out loud <laughs> joke per minute kind of way or like per page um, kind of way. But yeah, I think, look, I think definitely Jewish audiences are going to get something out of it because it asks really big questions. And I'll say, you know, from people I know who are Jewish, who are from all different backgrounds and walks of life, have had wildly different responses to it, too, depending on their background and um, you know, and it was sometimes like a mom who came with her college-age son, and I think they had like some long discussions after and saw it really differently. Um, I also think, you know, anyone who's interested in like new work, uh, younger audiences, I think there's like a very fun, sort of edgy, young energy to it. Um, and I, but I also think, yeah, I guess my answer is like I think a pretty wide audience can enjoy this, and will take really different things from it. Um, yeah, and we just hope people. Yeah, I think if you like to. I think if you like comedies, I think if you like new work, and I think if you like to be if you like to be challenged, if you want to like if you want to laugh and think, um, I think this is this is a show for you. I will say it's not the kind of show where I think you're just going to be like lulled into like peaceful, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like like peaceful and of the world. It's very enjoyable. <laughs> There's no audience interaction. I'm not a fan. You you are, you are allowed to sit in the dark in your seat and have your beverage. Um, but I do think it's a show that 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 like is is difficult in the most wonderful way and will surprise you and make you think.
0: And Stephanie, uh, anything to add about who you hope have access to the show?
2: Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I definitely wrote it for a Jewish audience. I mean, I think there's something also dangerous in some ways about people who aren't Jewish seeing it because it is really exploring all these very dark traumas that Jews have experienced and these very these conversations that generally happen just within the Jewish community and these like very disturbing ideas um, that go with that and so there is something I think dangerous about having that discussion so publicly but also important and um, I really do want as many Jews as possible any kind of jews to see this play i mean i think especially i think especially younger jews i would really love for them to see i know that like i've been really surprised by the openness and like people you know some people reaching out to me who you know are either you know are pretty religious and grew up within this world just like really loving how specific it is like there are a couple of songs that like it even says in the play, like, you know, no one else knows these songs and they're just like so prevalent in Jewish youth groups, um, and you know, young Jewish circles. Um, and they're like, they're like really dark, dark things. And they don't even bring it up. They're just like, oh my God, I couldn't believe not that this dark thing happened, but that you put Nahamu in this, you know, in this play, that was so crazy. And I'm like, that was the crazy thing you. Okay, that's great. But it's really fun that that's like the crazy thing and to them. They're like, that's no one talks about Nahamu. And like, that's like so funny that they think like that's the insane thing that happens in the play.
1: And I'll say like obviously no work is going to represent an entire group, right? This is about some specific people in the Jewish community, but I, I do think it's a helpful thing. So often with groups, we have one idea, you know, and like one, you know, the being the play, the main character is like, why are so many Jews Republicans and sort of like dealing with that question? But I do think what this the play shows you even within this very specific group is what a diversity of thought and opinions there are even among sort of these these teenage girls as they like debate the relevance and importance of israel or not um so i do think that yes there is something kind of dangerous of being like oh we're like opening up the sort of like big and dark questions jews might ask but i also think it's it's really helpful to see like this the different kind of opinions and kind of thoughts and conflicts within a group to remember that like no group is you know what i mean like one uniform idea and i think this play does really explore that in an interesting way um and i do think it's a very jewish thing like debate and disagreement and questioning you know i think so often with so many religions we get the sense and judaism too like oh it's very like it's dogmatic or it should be this way or everyone thinks this way um and i actually think this play is very jewish in the way that it just like there are different opinions, there are different questions. And I think you sort of get like a window into this world and all the sort of internal conflicts that not a lot of other works may let you see, which I think is cool.
2: Yeah. Like I really love works that like aren't really creative for me, are creative for the in group. And I feel like we're really privileged when I am let in and can see that and things aren't spelled out for me. And I kind of just have to like catch up and like listen really listen um and that was like what i tried to do with this play um and so i hope you know i've achieved that
0: Well, on our show, we not only discuss or break down shows, but we also talk about our own personal experiences in the theater. So I'd like to now kind of shift gears and talk to you both about your own personal experiences in the theater. Um, And I'll start, Tasha, this next question with you. Uh, I'd like to know what shows have inspired you, um, or that you love, and I'll also open that up to um, composers or playwrights as well.
1: Um, that is a, that is a great question, um, and I will say I have a, I will have a very long list of answers. I will say <laughs> okay. to, I will say to start, I think it relates to this show, is is when I was in the second grade, up in Toronto in Canada, I, um, I had a very brief acting career that lasted that single year, where I was in a play, a musical, called Another Kind of Hero, which was a very serious Holocaust musical about someone named Raul Wallenberg, who was kind of like, like an Oscar Schindler, but at a smaller level, but he like saved, a lot. he was a Swedish man who saved a lot of Jews. But it was like a very serious, dramatic, heartfelt Holocaust musical and every night I was like the kid who got like saved from the concentration camp. <laughs> and I, I do think that like that, you know, both the sort of like theatricality of being in a giant musical and the like trauma and seriousness of that, but also it was like, a del- it was the most fun I ever had. Do you know what I mean? And I like saw the inner workings, you know? So I do think that is sort of like continue to like define my work in aesthetics in that like, and like, he- it feels very much like here I am like working on a play which is sort of dealing with this like inherited trauma, but also in this way that's really like um, irreverent and questioning things. Um, because I was also in a play where like all the actors like when you were in something so dark would sort of make jokes off stage about things, right? Of like very dark and appropriate jokes because you had to. So I think that sort of defined a lot of my taste. Um, but things I love. I come from a dance background, so I really love more experimental physical theater. Um, early in my career, I did some training with like the Worcester group and the city company that do more experimental theater company. I love Pina Bausch. So I love, like, I love dance theater. That's sort of where I came from. Um, new plays. I love pretty much everything. Brandon Jacob Jenkins writes, uh, Sheila Callahan is a playwright. I love Christopher Diaz. Um, I love new plays as a director. I only work on new plays and i just i love work that is theatrical that is challenging that is darkly funny i think those are some that i really love um you mentioned composers and musicals i love i mean i love many things i can i can keep going but yes i think like work that like makes you ask questions right i really love new plays that that are challenging that are theatrical i love work that can only be on a stage which i think stephanie's work is like 100% do you know what i mean that like it it needs to be live and in person on the stage.
0: Right. Yeah. And and Stephanie, how about you?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, when I was younger, I, you know, obsessed with musicals. Um, I was like a huge rent head. Um, actually, like, um, I wrote a letter to Mad magazine that got published because they like tore down rent when, like 12 years old and it was very angry and vocal. Um when they befriended cast members as a 12 year old. Um, I, um, so there's something about that grand theatricality that I really love. Um, you know, Fiddler, Towns of Music that all get shout outs in this play. Um, but, you know, I also really love, um, the intimacy of, um, and the questions that like, you know, Paul Vogel's work, um, grapples with. I really love, uh, Claire Barron's work, um, the absurdity of Christopher Durang, mm-hmm. um, like, um, you know, um, you know, also Mac Wellman, people like that who are just like kind of doing these crazy, crazy things that sometimes, you know, maybe on paper, you would think it doesn't make sense, but they become like really wonderfully theatrical and strange. Um, yeah.
1: I second all those writers she just mentioned. Yes. Go see all those
0: people's work. Absolutely. And I, Paula Vogel is one that stands out to me. The after seeing Indecent, I immediately was like, who is this? And I went and bought every play she wrote. And mm-hmm. after reading how, how to learn to draw, uh, how oh, I learned yeah. to drive, the minute I heard it was coming to Broadway, I was like, I've wanted to see a production of this ever since I read this play. It was just so, so I I loved all the, yeah, I loved all the writers you named. Oh, hmm.
1: Paula Vogel's a writer, I teach playwriting and I've been teaching for like, oh, years. And, you know, I I teach like a range of different writers so students get to experience different styles. But Paula Vogel is one of those writers where like every student who reads her for the first time, it just, you know what I mean, just I think like the way that she, you know, looks at imagery and space and theatricality, like, Yeah, I think she's just one of those playwrights that is kind of world shifting for any young theater maker and would encourage people to go read her work for sure.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Have either of you, uh, well, this is a question for both of you. (laughs) Let me try this again. Uh, Have you guys seen any great theater that you would recommend to our listeners lately? And Stephanie, I'll start with you on this one.
2: Um. I have not gotten out much because we've been in rehearsals, but I'm very excited that I'm gonna see um, Johnny Lloyd's Patience on Tuesday. Um, And I've been hearing wonderful things. So I definitely recommend that people join me and see that. Um, So yeah, I'm seeing that on our day off.
1: Yes, I too, we've been like in rehearsals and previews. So I'm very excited to go see a bunch of stuff. And there's a lot of great stuff also coming up this fall. Um, I will say I also did grow up with like a lot of go- like golden age musicals I also write musicals there, there, there are some and like Stephanie mentioned there are some nods to the Golden Age musical in our in our show um, but I did see a funny girl with Julie Benko who is a friend and who is fantastic and I think you have until like the beginning of September to see her and then she's going on once a week but I I recommend seeing Julie Benko and funny and I will yeah. get back to you on all the exciting, edgier new plays that I will see in the next couple
0: months. Yes. And Julie is absolutely fantastic. I have not gotten to see her. I did. I saw Beanie the, the three times I got to see Funny Girl. But yeah. everything I've seen about Julie, she's really wonderful. And, and you guys are absolutely right. The fall is looking amazing. Absolutely amazing. I'm getting all giddy with all the, the new stuff coming. Um, I can't wait to see what what writers like you, Stephanie, continue to 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 bring us to give us because um, the stories and and the new works that are being created makes me just really anxious and excited to to just hear all these great stories that are out there.
1: Totally, I say there's so much, and I love Broadway. There's so much great stuff coming up on Broadway and the bigger off Broadway houses. But I'll be like your Netflix, like if you like the tank, if you like don't do this to us, mm-hmm. other really wonderful downtown theater, Stephanie and I worked with our club Thumb. Yes. Uh, New Georges is a great one. ours um, Nova, there's like many wonderful tiny downtown theaters doing very exciting work that often does end up on Broadway stages down the road. Yep. Um, and just uh, encouraging you to go see that exciting new work in the small spaces before they sort of go on to the big stages.
0: What is your favorite part about working in the theater? Uh, Tasha, I'll start with you on that one.
1: That's not a good question. I will try to be succinct. Uh, Things, you know, I'll say, I, I guess I don't want to have spoilers, but I'll say we have some consultants on this play. We have like an intimacy director and a stage combat and designers. And I remember like I got off of this like very specific call with our intimacy choreographer, which you will understand if you come see the show. And I was like only in theater do I have, like, these very nuanced conversations about specific things that otherwise I would never learn about? And so I sort of love, right, the, like, and the specificity of a job of talking about, like, how are we going to do this very specific thing on stage? Um, So I love that you're always learning. I love the problem-solving kind of challenge of it. And then I would say the biggest thing is collaboration. And I would say a lot of the actors in this play, a lot of people working on this, this is their first time back in person since COVID or one of the first times. And just, there is, you know, did a lot of Zoom theater for a long time, and that is great. And uh, there's amazing digital theater happening. For me, there is something about physically being in a room with people and that energy. And, you know, I'm a very collaborative director in terms of actors' ideas and working with other collaborators and designers, and that idea that you come together to make something greater than any individual could make. And I do think, especially, I mean, we're still in this pandemic, but after being so quarantined, Um, there's just nothing like that. And then the audience coming and being the final collaborator, right? There's also nothing like having an audience join this process that you've sort of been alone making this thing and then seeing what they respond to and how they respond and the fact that it evolves. And unlike a film, like every night the actor's performances are different. Like, yes, there's a consistency, but they find new things. And uh, there's just so much joy in that, that I think no other art form quite in the same way has as live performance.
0: Amen. Amen.
2: (laughs) Stephanie, how about you? Yeah, I would say the people, some of them, not all of them, but all the people involved (laughs) in this show. Um, I think, yeah, just the intimacy of being able to work um, in this very intimate and collaborative way is what is so wonderful about it.
0: Yeah, I've missed working with people for so long during this pandemic. It just... Digital wasn't the same. It just wasn't the same. You needed to be in the room with people and really have that connection. So I'm so glad that that theater is back.
1: And I'll say, especially with comedy, right? Like there's something about being in a room when everyone, people who do not, strangers in a dark room are all laughing at the same time. And there is like something that feels like almost spiritual about that that I don't think can be replicated when you're at home watching TV at the same time in your own home. You know, that feels so special and so important to being a human.
2: Attention. fighting passion, burning in the soul of the heart. Well winding
0: uh, everything down, I want to ask both of you, what is your favorite theater memory? And Stephanie, why don't we start with you on this one?
2: Um, I just it, the whole time with everyone in the rehearsal room for this show that's, that's it. Also, actually, when I was younger, I was, um, I played Gekka, actually, in my, in my summer day camps, production of Fiddler on the Roof, and I wore my dad, I was, I was like 10, but somehow, I think, altered my dad's clothes so that they fit me, and uh, I have very long hair, you know, and I did back then, and I put my all my hair up in my dad's hat. And then when I took my staged bow, I revealed that I was really a gentle (laughs) girl. And that was very exciting. I
0: love that. (laughs) Tasha, how about you?
1: Well, it's funny because I was going to say something different, but I... When I was at summer camp when I was like nine was supposed to be the lion in the wizard of Oz and have a hair related memory that I feel like if we're just doing that theme right now, which is. I have curly hair and my mom had like blow dried out my hair to be like very big because I was gonna be like the lion. And then Dorothy got sick and I had to go on as Dorothy and I remember a a counselor to braid my hair down, but that was very exciting I had a 42nd street moment I went on as Dorothy was probably the first and last time I was, I was a star on stage. <laughs> and I, then I realized I should be on the other side of things. <laughs> um, I guess, and I was that, the production I mentioned earlier as a kid being on that, working on that production. And then also seeing death of a salesman when I was really, really little,
0: Ooh. which
1: just like, like wrecked me. I was probably too young to see it, but in a way, like, I think that was the first time I saw theater that just made me feel so much and was like, I, that was so upsetting. <laughs> and also I want to do that. Um, was sort of a play that like was very foundational when I was I was very little, yeah.
0: Well, I wanna I want to wrap things up uh, and turn back the attention to to not only uh, your show but future shows and ask: Do you guys have any uh, future productions coming down the pipeline that we can talk about or plug here? Um, Tasha, let's start with you. Is there anything you wanna that we could plug?
1: yeah so i'll say first of all you can see don't do this to us through august 28th the tank so you have one more week and you should definitely come see us um because of the it's, a, it's an equity showcase production so there is a limited number of performances that we can do because of sort of the the downtown contract it's on so it like there's no way to extend it so like, like this is the time you have one more week um And then I'm directing a bunch of sort of workshops and readings coming up. And then I also write musicals and a musical of mine called Fountain of You has a concert um, at Green Room 42 uh, on September 26th, uh, which with an amazing cast, it stars Jenny Barber and Jason Vesey from Strange Loop. um, Hmm. And it's a very dark comedy. Um, it's It's a feminist revenge musical. Um, and it is a dark comedy that also seeks to ask a lot of disturbing questions and not answer them with laughter and music.
0: Amazing! That sounds very good. I'm gonna have to check that one out.
2: And uh, Stephanie, how about you? Um, this is it. I'm living and dying on this show, so please come <laughs> see. It. Um, you know, uh, now playing till August twenty twenty eighth, this next Sunday. And that's it. You'll never see me again. <laughs>
0: until until the show's done again, I yeah, have faith.
2: Exactly
1: correct, and that this is it.
2: so. I'm in the moment.
1: But I, I will say this production is is really special. And I will just like shout out our cast. Um, we have a very insanely talented cast who all have worked in incredible nice. places and are working in this like very cool, hip, tiny downtown <laughs> space because yeah. they love the show and they are so talented and so funny. And I think seeing this particular cast, is there's something very special about it? Um, so yes, see all the future productions, we do have it as well, but I think if you can see this first production, you will not be sorry.
0: Absolutely. At 10 out of 10, would recommend, can't agree more. Um, if our listeners want to get more information about your show or tickets, or they want to reach out to you or get information about you, how can they do that?
2: You could just call me on my cell phone. I always answer. Um, I'll give out my number now. Now, um, <laughs> find me on Instagram. I will give you my phone number, and you can text me, like every thought that you ever have, from like when you pee in the morning to when you pee at night, and I'll just support you in your daily venture. So I'm on yeah Instagram. Just type my name in and the source, go find me. And yeah, I just, I'm here to be your supportive friend.
1: And I will say Stephanie is very friendly to the point where sometimes I am concerned for her safety of how much she makes friends on the internet and have to talk to her about basic. (laughs) basic. (laughs) (laughs) So it's true. She will be your friend. Um, I will say the the Tank's website is thetanknyc.org to get tickets. But if you just Google the Tank Theater, you'll find it. um, And it's on Broadway World and playbill. So if you Google don't do this to us, the tank, you should find it. Um, I have a website that I haven't updated in about six months, but it is Tasha, Tasha, Tasha.com. Um, and I also am on Instagram. Um, I am not as good of an Instagram user, but I will still be your friend. But in less, in less intimate ways than Stephanie, I will not send you all my personal information and social security number. Um, but I am at Tasha Rooney's T-A-S-H-E-R-O-O-N-I-E-S. Um, which is an Instagram account a friend literally made for me. So I would look at their pictures. Um, but I'm on sometimes.
2: Yeah. The best way is to just go to thetank.org, actually. Because if you Google don't do this to us, a lot of other things come up. Thetanknyc.org. Yeah. Sorry. Thetanknyc.org. Yeah. Because don't do this to us. Like a lot of people say that. So you can't just Google and find our show.
0: That I can vouch for that. I, when I was trying to find it, I was like, where, where is this? And I finally, I did. I went to Theater Mania and. Bam, there it was.
1: And if you add Stephanie Swirsky or uh, The Tank, don't do this to us, a, a combo of those things should find you. Or contact Andrew. I'm sure Andrew will let you know. I'm uh, sure yeah, you want absolutely. people contacting you about tickets, yeah.
0: Yes, but I will not be giving out my cell phone because then you're going to get like bear baited by me if you're a telemarketer.
1: <laughs> and honestly, the theater is at 36th uh, Street and 8th, uh, 312 West 36. You can also get tickets at the door if you're an old-fashioned person and would like to do that. Yes. yes. They do require proof of vaccination and masking, which I think is very lovely. Some feeders don't anymore, so you can feel extra safe, and they will give you a mask if you forget one.
0: Safety first. Still important. Not completely done with all this. All this hoy polloi. (laughs) My guests today have been the writer and director of the amazing show, Don't Do This To Us. Stephanie Swirsky, who is the playwright, and Tasha Gordon-Solomon, who's the director. Don't Do This To Us is playing at the Tank from August 12th to the 28th. So you've got about a week left to catch it. And you do not want to miss this show. You can get tickets and more information at thetanknyc.org. You can also follow both of these amazing ladies on Instagram. And we'll be posting all of this information on the information about this episode, as well as on our social media. Listeners, I cannot emphasize enough, you need to go see the show. It is beyond amazing. You will, you will not be disappointed that you went. We have 100% guarantee um, and if you're disappointed, you can come to me and, and we'll, we'll chat about it. Yeah. But in the meantime, Stephanie, Tasha, thank you so much for joining me today. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Yeah. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep your masks on. And
2: keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe.
0: You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at StageWhisperPod.
2: And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at StageWhisperPod at gmail.com.
0: Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar, Miss Darling, and Billy Murray.